Today on World Lutheran News Digest. I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. In 2015, undercover journalists David Delayden and Sandra Merritt of the Center for Medical Progress released 14 undercover videos of Planned Parenthood officials and others in the abortion industry discussing how they use aborted baby body parts for profit. The videos horrified the nation. As a result, both Congress and the Justice Department are investigating Planned Parenthood. The abortion industry struck back, filing suit against the CMP. In addition, the state of California filed 15 felony charges against DeLayden and Merritt. This is the first time in the state's history that journalists have been charged with a crime for undercover work. Prosecutors attempted to suppress evidence that would exonerate the defendants. However, a judge recently issued a mixed ruling on that issue. One of the organizations defending Merritt and Delayden is the Thomas More Society. The Society's Vice President and Senior Counsel, Peter Breen, is my guest on today's World Lutheran News Digest. And now today's Fast Track. The Senate voted 53 to 44 in favor of legislation that would protect survivors of abortion, falling short of the necessary 60 votes to proceed, as Democrats blocked the bill when only three of them joined Republicans. All other 44 Democratic senators voted against the bill. Republican Senators Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, Tim Scott of South Carolina, and Kevin Kramer of North Dakota were not present for the vote. The Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act would have mandated that babies born alive during an abortion would receive the same degree of professional skill and care to protect a newborn as would be offered to any other child born alive at the same gestational age. A Missouri Planned Parenthood may not resume doing abortions after a judge ruled against it Friday. The facility in Columbia stopped doing abortions in October after it failed to comply with the state health regulation. Planned Parenthood appealed, but on Friday, U.S. District Judge Brian Wimes denied its request for a preliminary injunction. The state requires that abortionists have hospital admitting privileges for patient emergencies and that abortion facilities meet the same basic health and safety standards as other ambulatory surgical centers. Planned Parenthood challenged the law, but Missouri won a victory when the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Eighth Circuit overturned an earlier ruling that blocked the state from enforcing the law. Two male runners continued dominating high school girls' track in Connecticut. High school juniors Terry Miller and Andrea Yearwood took first and second place in the state open indoor track championship on February 16th. Both Miller and Yearwood are biological males who identify as girls. One of their competitors, high school junior Selena Soul, told the Associated Press that it's unfair to force female runners to compete against male runners. A federal court judge in Texas ruled Friday that a men-only draft is unconstitutional and represents an instance of gender-based discrimination under the Fifth and Fourteenth Amendments. The judge sided with a San Diego men's advocacy group that challenged the government's practice of having only men sign up for the draft, though the judge stopped short of ordering the Selective Service System to register women for military service. However, the chairman of a panel considering changes to the U.S. military draft said Monday that its recommendations to Congress will not be influenced by a federal judge's recent ruling that the current system is unconstitutional. The military has not drafted anyone into service in more than 40 years, but American men must still register when they turn 18. Recent efforts to make registration also mandatory for women have set off intense debate in Washington. World Lutheran News Digest will be back right after these messages. 
Listening to Worldwide KFUO on the go with your smartphone doesn't mean you have to walk around with earbuds all day. You can Bluetooth across the room to a speaker system in your home or listen on radios that have built-in smartphone cradles. There are many easy ways to listen to WorldwideKFUO.org on the air, online, and on demand. We proclaim the clear gospel message of Christ crucified for our sins. The messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO. This is World Lutheran News Digest. The work by the way, Longafi, Lutheran Fire I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. My guest today is Mr. Peter Breen, who's Vice President and Senior Counsel of the Thomas More Society. Uh, Mr. Breen, can you tell me a bit about yourself and about the society? Sure. My name is Peter Breen. Uh, I am a, a long time now a litigator for life, marriage, and uh, family. Uh, and uh, so I am also a former state legislator in the state of Illinois, uh, having been the minority floor leader. So I really uh, I try to bring both a, a legal sense to these issues, but also a sense a little more broadly of the social uh, implications and the political implications of what we do in the courts uh, across the country. Well, sir, I ask you specifically on this program because there's been some developments in the case against David Delayden in the Center for Medical Progress. As our audience will recall, uh, Mr. Delayden had uh, made a series of undercover videos of of Planned Parenthood and other abortion officials literally discussing the marketing of baby body parts. Now, Delayden and his his, uh, partner have been charged with, I believe it was 15 felony counts by... At then Attorney General was uh, Camilla Harris, who's now a U.S. Senator. Fourteen of those were dismissed, but then the new the new State Attorney General out in California, uh, Mr. Xavier Becerra, reinstituted those uh, those. So now they're facing fifteen felony charges. However, the judge has made an interesting ruling just recently in a hearing over what may and may not be presented in court. Could you go into that, sir? Sure. And, and so in, in this in this process, the, the attorney general did something unique. They didn't go to the grand jury. Normally, uh, nine times out of 10, a felony is start a felony prosecutions started by going to a grand jury, which is a secret process that 23 people or I mean, it depends on the state uh, as to how many people they have in there. But then those folks have to say, well, do we think there was a crime committed here? The attorney general refused to do that this time. So instead, we now go to the judge to have that process done. It will be done in open court, uh, this preliminary hearing. Big deal, uh, and particularly in California practice, very big deal. It's essentially like a mini-trial early in the case. Uh, now, so we, are, we have been pushing to be able to put on a proper defense for David because we think that when the people, uh, and really when the judge, hopefully too, sees these videos, uh, is able to ex- ex- explore what occurred and why it occurred. Number one, he's going to say, well, these were not confidential conversations by any means. You know, people could overhear them and what have you. But number two, there's a defense in California law that if you're trying to gather evidence about violent felonies on human beings, you can tape people in an undercover way. And what's clear from day one was David was looking for, David Delayden was looking for evidence of partial birth abortions, being done because in order to get the good fetal tissue, you really you really, you can't kill the baby in the womb using a chemical. You pretty much got to deliver the baby, uh, uh, and in certain circumstances, they would ask for these companies, these tissue procurement companies, would ask for intact specimens 
And so that means large parts of the entire part, uh, baby body intact. Uh, and that uh, is a clear indication that we've been doing partial birth abortions, uh, born-alive situations, and as well, uh, as we'd also been told. Uh, the fact of these women who were undergoing abortions often were not properly get, given consent. Uh, they didn't give consent for the then fetal tissue collection afterward. And so there's a lot of, of, of that going on. The judge agreed. He said, you know what? I'm going to let you put on your full defense. The prosecution was trying to stop us from putting on defenses. So I see this order as a win, but there were some parts of the order that are very problematic in terms of uh, refusing to let us use the names of the witnesses. So the the public has no idea who's testifying against David, even though they'll be sitting there in open court, uh, and then sealing the video evidence after it's been presented in open court. Those are unique rulings. I don't think that they are accurate under California law, and we're going to challenge them on appeal. Well, one thing I wanted to uh, ask is specifically, what is it that Mr. Delight and Senator Merritt are charged with? I know it's fi- it's 15 felonies, but what is the alleged crime? So, and, and this is one of about five or six lawsuits that were brought against David and Sandra and others uh, who were involved with the, uh, the Center for Medical Progress through this human capital project, is what it was called, uh, that they had called it. Uh, this criminal prosecution is 14 counts of illegal undercover taping, and then the 15th count is conspiracy to do illegal undercover taping. So it's really all 15 are just about whether the conversations were confidential conversations, so were they done in private or were they done in public, and and that's it. Um, Now, David had been, uh, they had tried to bring a prosecution against him in Texas. The judges threw those out, and those were different charges. It was using a fake ID uh, to, to get into the Planned Parenthood in Texas, which is outrageous. Most most folks just looked at those charges and said, are you kidding me? But here we are in California. This is undercover taping, and it's the first time in the history of the state of California that an undercover journalist has been prosecuted as a felony uh, under this law. Uh, first time. This law has been on the books for decades, but this is the first time it's ever been done. And and instead, you've got, you've got uh, folks doing undercover investigations that would otherwise, at least under the interpretation used by the Attorney General, uh, they should be prosecuted, but instead they're on the evening news in Los Angeles, and they get to do it, uh, you know, as much as they want. And in fact, sometimes they get lauded because they say, "Oh, well, you found a, you found someone doing wrong. You know, this uh, this or that medical provider wasn't doing things the correct way, or they were doing billing, uh, you know, had billing issues." For David Delayden, even though he discovers these horrendous and terrible practices, he uh, should go to jail for a decade. That's that's the uh, that's the issue here. Well, I would point out also that one of the top undercover journalists in California, a gentleman by the name of David Horowitz, who just passed away recently, uh, was famous for his undercover recordings of wrongdoing, and he won award after award after award. Never once was prosecuted. Well, uh, we even had a, a very specific situation: animal rights activists. So they'll go in uh, to a you know say places where they're slaughtering animals, show some. Uh, gruesome uh, things and maybe some, you know, the, the, the improper under the governing regulations or what have you. And very recently, I th- and I believe it was um, Ms. Harris, who was the attorney general who started this, this investigation, uh, th- those folks went in and did exactly what David did, except probably got more private uh, conversations than they than David did. David always had, his, his, his were always taken in public. And instead of prosecuting them, she actually held a press conference, said they were wonderful, and then prosecuted the animal rights people, or the, the, the animal, uh, I'm sorry, the folks that were doing the, uh, the slaughtering, as I, in my understanding. So, you know, to me, this, this is, it's clear 
that this is a viewpoint discriminatory selective prosecution. I mean, they're prosecuting David because he's pro-life. Uh, they're not doing it because uh, he did anything wrong. Well, let's uh, talk a little bit about the videos and about the uh, identities of the people named. Now, there were a total of 14 videos that have been released. And oddly enough, I mean, you can go on to David's site at uh, at Center for Medical Progress and view them all. Are these the same videos that the judge is saying that the public shouldn't see? Well, and I'll tell you, Kip, there there were a number of videos. So David did a series, which is what you'll remember. It started in the middle of 2015, and he went for week after week, and it was just you're devastating videos of, of just terrible things happening. And David has done other videos releasing new footage and then recompiling old footage to, to show folks things that, you know, as, as the, uh, uh, you know, as the controversies have, have, uh, you know, as the times demanded it. Uh, but there are also videos that have never seen the light of day. They're enjoined in the federal court. I said, this was one of about six lawsuits. There are two federal lawsuits uh, in the civil court in San Francisco, uh, and those are bought, brought by the National Abortion Federation on the one hand and Planned Parenthood Federation of America, suing David and his colleagues directly uh, in, under federal law. And so the National Abortion Federation conferences of 2014 and 2015 are entirely under seal. I know what's on those videos. I can't tell you about them. I have you know, the injunction forbids David, his attorneys, and others, anyone, you know, anyone who's part of the uh, part of the project, we we can't talk about it. But I, I guess I would just say, um, I'd say you know for you and your listeners, imagine a what what would come up on videos of a conference of eight hundred abortion providers where they're all there. Uh, imagine the sorts of things that would be discussed uh, at a trade show for the abortion industry. Uh, it's it's absolutely outrageous. So, in this uh, in this criminal lawsuit, the first eight counts are based on people uh, who were at that conference and alleged that they were illegally taped. So we have an issue. Uh, those, those tapes are under a federal injunction, but we have to be able to show them in open court because these people are trying to put J- David in jail for a decade based on those alleged ta- on that taping. So that, that's where we're having some of these issues with the federal court versus the state court. Well, isn't one of the very basic constitutional concepts of a trial must be held in public? So the public right, can see the right. evidence. Yes, the, the defendant is entitled to a entitled to a public trial, and and there's a, a variety of reasons you can imagine for that. You know, it's it's similar uh, uh, it's similar to the right to a jury in that uh, there has to be some way for the public to oversee the justice system, but also the defendant themselves. You know, they they, they may say, and, and frankly, we we've specifically alleged and brought motions in this case that this is a selective prosecution. Uh, that it's, it violates uh, his First Amendment rights and, and other rights to a fair, neutral prosecutor. When you've got, you know, we under- uncovered evidence that Attorney General Harris had met with top Planned Parenthood officials, including some of those that are uh, they're related to those who are, are being who've alleged they've been illegally taped. I mean, they were the bosses of direct bosses of the people that are bringing these criminal charges or others. Uh, she was meeting with them. Uh, on the day that they're drafting up the uh, the search warrant to go and toss David's apartment. And then her, her chief of staff is sending emails to these folks saying, hey, uh, here are all of our action items from the Attorney General of California to the Planned Parenthood affiliates of California. So the Attorney General had action items for Planned Parenthood. Not the other way around, but the Attorney General was doing work for Planned Parenthood. So we've, when you have a situation like that, it's even 
more important that you have a public trial. Everything be out in the open. Otherwise, how are the people to have a uh, any sort of confidence in their justice system? I'd also like to point out that uh, the videos that were released had been uh, under fire from uh, pro-abortion forces as having been deceptively edited. That had been cleared up now by the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, uh, who ruled that independent forensic uh, examination has revealed that there was no deceptive editing of them. Right. And and you've seen, you know, they're they're making, on the other side, they're, they're kind of hedging their language here. Because... Editing obviously had to be done. These are there are hundreds of hours of video. You can't take that uh, you know, in the same way that any any news organization that's publishing an interview will will clip the relevant parts and put that out for folks. They'll tease it and things like that. So David did the same thing, and what he did was put out those shorter versions and then put out the full video so that you you know you the viewer at home can go back and. If somebody says, well, I, I didn't really say that, well, well, here, go view the full video in context. And even the abortion advocates, they had uh, this, it's funny, they, they had Fusion GPS do, the, do, their, uh, do a little analysis of the videos. Uh, you'll remember Fusion GPS is the one that did the Steele dossier against President Trump. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a pretty controversial entity there uh, that's got a clear political bias. But even they said, there were no, no one had words put in their mouth. They, you know, even, you know, they, they said, well, you know, you clipped it in the wrong spots. Well, uh, you know, that, that's all a matter of your independent judgment. And again, the evidence is all right there. You can see, you can see yourself. If you think it was improperly done, well, then show a different part of the clip to your audience. Uh, but, but there's no allegation, at least not backed up by any evidence, that there was any sort of uh, editing of the video in terms of the raw video itself. Uh, you know, they just don't like the places where it was clipped probably because they don't like what their folks said in those clips. Another thing was the, uh, the names of uh, the uh, Planned Parenthood people are being redacted, yet haven't those names already been revealed publicly? Every one of the, so, there, so the first 14 counts, the specific 14, correspond each to an individual we name Doe 1 through 14. You would recognize these names if you knew them. And, and the point of allowing a doe is it's a very limited allowance, usually involving really nasty sexual crimes, often against, or crimes against children, things like that. Uh, that's the time that we allow in very limited circumstances folks to use a doe identifier, uh, not in cases like these. But the judge has said, yep, you have to call them does. Uh, and, I'll say this too. If you're, if you come into that courtroom, uh, and you, a member of the public, come in and, and watch, you've got does. Now you will get to see video. So that's one thing. The judge, the judge made a unique ruling. He said the videos could be played in open court, but then they would be sealed in the file, uh, which makes no sense at all that they'd be displayed to the public. And if you're there, I guess you get to see it. If you're one of the, you know, 200 or so people who could fit in the courtroom, you get to see the videos. Everyone else in America, uh, has will not be able to review the evidence. So if if David and uh, and Susan Sandra Merritt uh, are allowed, uh, you know, they're, they're they're the charges are allowed to proceed. The American people will not be able to see the evidence, and they will have trial transcripts where everyone's a doe. Uh, so it, it's almost like you've watched an episode of L.A. Law instead of you've looked and said, "Hey, uh, person X has properly challenged person Y." Uh, you know, there's been an open and public proceeding. And see, really, the, the members of the, the public will not be able to have confidence in the ruling of the, the Superior Court 
because they won't have any basis on which to say, well, you know, were they, was the judge right? Did he have any basis to really hold over Susan and David on, uh, on criminal charges? I, so that, that's why we are taking an immediate appeal. They have a process in California called a writ uh, process that we are, are going to, we're in the midst of right now, where we're going to take an immediate appeal, try to get this changed uh, so that we can have an open and public preliminary hearing. Any idea when, uh, when the ruling will be on that? Well, uh, the preliminary hearing has been scheduled for April 22nd, so it was going to be in February. We, we were going to be doing it right now, uh, but the other side filed a flurry of motions that, uh, that caused everything to be delayed. So we, we've got till uh, late April. Uh, you know, there's, there's, <laughs> it's a unique process in California. So you go to the, the neighboring judge, so you, go to the, you have to file with the judge in the courtroom down the hall, then you get to file with the Court of Appeal. Then you get to file with the Supreme Court, uh, all in order. But uh, it can happen fast if, if we, uh, you know, if, if one of those courts decides to uh, decides to take it up, uh, they can stay the whole thing and then really consider the matter properly. We we just we're looking at this going. You, you can't really redo this process. You know, you really only get one shot at this. So uh, you can't you can't have a closed preliminary hearing. It's like having a closed trial. Uh, and so that's something that really should be dealt with directly by the California Courts of Appeal uh, before we go forward. But, but again, the, the, I, I do want to stress, you know, we've had these terrible, kind of this just, I, I think that the ruling's a little bit, um, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, it's a little bit our favor, a little bit their favor. But really the parts where they, where the judge allowed us specifically to present our defenses, that means at least if you get to go into that courtroom, if you're one of the 200 people in there, you're going to see some really rough evidence. You're going to see some really, some things that are really going to shock you. And so that, uh, that at least is something where it's a very positive thing. We'll be able to put on our case, uh, which is really what we want. Um, again, it shouldn't be in a, you know, essentially, uh, you know, with, with, uh, anonymous witnesses and with a closed, uh, evidentiary record. But, but again, at least we're going to be able to put on our case in that courtroom. In all the years I've been a reporter, I've never heard of an instance where evidence presented in open case was then sealed. You know, the, 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 the late Justice Scalia used to say, you know, there, there's, there's the law in America and then there's the law in abortion cases. And I, I, I don't necessarily want to, you know, I, I just make that observation. I, I would say um, some of the claims that Planned Parenthood and the National Abortion Federation sought leave to intervene in this criminal case. So, so imagine this. It's a criminal case. You're, you are entitled under the Constitution to have a neutral, disinterested prosecutor, not you know, a prosecutor that doesn't have an axe to grind. And you've got private parties trying to intervene to essentially become new, you know, separate prosecutors on their own. Uh, and the judge has not allowed them to intervene formally, but he allowed them to file papers, and he's citing their papers in uh, in restricting David and Susan's rights, so that is um, that's another troublesome area of this. This case has been um, they've they've taken liberties on the other side. They have taken liberties with the law that that no one would get away with in any other field uh, if it were any other controversial uh, public matter uh, other than abortion. As I said, I've never never run into a case like that, and I and I was a reporter out in California for thirty years, so. Uh, yeah. I saw a lot. Well, I, I, you know, I, I talked to the local criminal, you know, the folks that cover the criminal courts out there, and they scratch their heads as they see, they see, they say, wait, wait, what did they do? You know, 
what was their basis today? And these are hardened criminal criminal court reporters, and they're going, what in the world are they talking about? I said, I don't know. This is the point. It, it, it's, uh, you know, it's some, one of them said, uh, one reporter I was talking to said, well, oh, you know, that's, a, that's an issue of first impression. So, you know, that's sometimes when you come up with a new, a new issue, they'll, that's the phrase you'll use. And I said, well, it's, it's only an issue of first impression because no one's been so brazen to ever attempt it. Uh, in the past, you know, uh, so that's, it's, it's not, I don't think it's a valid issue of first impression. It's something that should have been uh, dismissed outright. Well, I guess we're going to be seeing a lot more in this case. As you pointed out, there's what, like six, six different cases and suits going on right now. And heaven knows how this will end. Yeah. Well, I mean, for, for folks who are people of faith and people who are of life, uh, you, you can, David uh, Delayden is going through a lot of suffering on your behalf. But you, you can know that his work was so impactful that it required a full court press by the abortion movement, their political allies, and others to try desperately to shut him down and to try desperately to discredit his videos. And fortunately, as you, know, you alluded to, Kip, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals in a case out of Texas has said the videos were not doctored. And, and that court actually allowed the state of Texas to debar Planned Parenthood from Medicaid for the ethical lapses shown in the videos. So there, there's some wonderful positive going on. And many state legislatures have had uh, have done things against Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry because of the videos. So we've got to uh, maintain that, you know, hey, those videos have done great work. And, and we, who are people of life and people of faith, can, can continue along and, and and continue in that vein uh, uh, based on the videos and, and you know, the subsequent proceedings since then. And I'd like to remind our listeners that those videos are available on the Center for Medical Progress's website. You can see them in their entirety, and you can also read the transcripts, and it makes for a very chilling viewing. Mr. Breen, I want to thank you so much for being on the program and for bringing me up to date on what's been going on in this very convoluted and very, very important situation. Hey, thank you, Kip. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen. World Lutheran News Digest is a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO. You can also listen to WLN Digest on demand at kfuo.org. To correspond with World Lutheran News Digest, email news at kfuo.org.